Hello, good evening, and welcome to the Sunday Night Breakdown. Daniel Routledge and Dave Forrester with you to look back over all the action in the British Basketball League. Let's start actually in the FIBA Euro Cup, where London Lions were taking on uh, Buck and Bears in Aarhus. And uh, well, Buck and one. Uh, Aarhus, yeah, indeed. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Uh, back in 195 <laughs> to 80. Um, Lions had the first six points of the game, but actually spent most of the first half behind by sort of three to five. Back and just looked re- reasonably comfortable, I thought, in that first half. Yeah, I thought back in um, scouted London better than any team I've seen all year. Mm. Um, if you the, there was nothing for Dirk Williams. Absolutely nothing. No airspace at all. Um, there was nothing for Kajini when he came in the game. No airspace at all for him. Back in had um, kind of a solid front court, but the, the perimeter defence, I thought, really impacted London. And whilst you kind of got the good Teague on Saturday in, in, in Russia, I think the defence in this game impacted him and he played a lot of minutes in this game and I don't think... Um, he necessarily made the right decisions at times in the game. Um, so, yeah, I never really... Um, it, it, it always looked like Backing just had a little bit more about them. They looked fresher, they looked more they looked more ready, as I say, and they took away some of the things that London had been living off. Um, and um, London probably, in that level of competition, they don't probably have kind of enough third and fourth options to go yeah. to you know everybody has to play very very well for them to win a game at that level you know and to be fair in Saratov everybody did play very very well yeah yeah, uh, yeah. and then back in if you know three days later traveling from god knows how you get from here to be um via Moscow quite, were, assumes. Right, yeah, and probably a few other places yeah. I would guess um they didn't seem no that you're right they they looked they were a little bit flat and I think that they need they're going to go, if they're going to win any games, they're going to go as Teague goes. Mm. If, if Teague is going to start, I think he has to start. If they're going to win the games, they're going to go as he goes. But he shot, you know, he ends up probably a little bit individualistic at times. And Kelly wasn't as effective in this game. And they haven't got John Williams. And it just becomes, it, it's a stretch for them all. I thought, yeah. I, don't, I thought we were close. Yeah, um, 11-4 finish to the first half, 14-2 start to, or run early in the third quarter, um, and it's out to a 16-point lead, 58-42. Um, it, it never really looked like it was going to come back. There was, there was, they got to eight, I think, was the closest when Reese and Washburn hit a couple of threes, but the fourth quarter was entirely a double-figure lead. They never quite... Yeah. And, and it was... Uh, I mean... It was at that point that I'm going to I'm going to be Mr. Points Difference again. It was at that point that I was thinking, geez, they really need to get this down to uh, as few as possible, and 15 is too many. Yeah, I mean, the, the one thing, I mean, Majowski has played well early on, mm. um, but the, he's the guy, if you're backing, he's the guy you want shooting the little hook shots. Mm. He's the guy you want shooting the kind of the tough 10-footers and making lots of plays and all that stuff because it means that all the other guys aren't. Um, in relation to the points difference, I, I, I mean, it's tough for them because they've played through their three games on the road already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and they've been, you know, they played wonderfully well in, in Russia. You know, they, they really played extremely well in Russia. And they, yeah, they, they lost the game, but they, they played extremely well. Um, they looked a bit out of gas at that level on Wednesday night. But now they have three home games 
so yeah. they're not leaving the country again. So, so, so let me let me explain the situation. I'll explain why I'm, I'm banging on about points difference because Saratov won the uh, the other game, 75-70. Uh, so Lions are now 0 and 3, but they are minus 43 on the points difference. So in order to qualify, they're going to have to get to three and three. They're going to have to win all three uh, games at home. To qualify at three and three, it's either all four teams are on four and three, in which case the second best or second worst basket difference at the minute is zero. And the third worst is plus nine. So they have to overturn 52 points worth of uh, a basket difference in those three games. Uh through or you get into a two-way tie with somebody and the other two mm. teams are four and two or five and one and the opposite of that but the problem with that is because Saratov won their three and oh so the chances of getting in a two-way tie with them in second and third suddenly become a lot more remote and it's yeah. actually the other two teams that they've lost bigger to yes yeah. so therefore they would have to beat them by however many so they'd have to beat Barker by 16 they would have to beat um Russia should hear I forgot how many they lost by but it was a ton yeah, multiple yes yeah, yeah. so oh, yeah. I mean it, 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 it may be that they've kind of they've pushed their envelope as far as it can go um and it may be that they, they, they you know the people who are running the club are looking at it look at it it's kind of okay this is base camp this is Everest mm. and we're at base camp and what do we have to do to get past base camp yeah. the next year and use it and that I, I think and of course there are athletes and of course they're competitive um, but I think the best thing for them is that the travelling is done. Yeah. I don't see them win- I don't see them winning all three games um, at home. Um, I just saw there was a little bit of intrigue at the end of that game. There was just a little bit of not desperation, but almost kind of acceptance. You know, this is kind of what we are. This is where we're at. And obviously, he's only here for the European games. Yeah. You know. And so, I, if any, I think if any of the other teams need to win in London, I think they probably will. Yeah. Um, but that's not knocking the Lions. I just think that that, that they may just have reached the end of the, the end of the line in Europe. Mm. Uh, probably that shot that shot in Moscow. Yeah. To be honest, in, in yeah, Tarkov, yeah. that shot in Tarkov probably yeah. the one that brought their back. Yeah, yeah, because one and two on the road, that's that gives you a chance. Yeah, yeah, it gives you a Absolutely. chance. Um, so uh Darko Jukic with 20.7 rebounds, five assists. Uh Juve had 16. Coach's his brother. Oh, yeah, indeed. Yes. Darko, uh, Darko, Darko. We, 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 yeah, they got Darko, we got Zarko. Yeah, Zarko probably not as good a shooter, but no. longer actually, but not as good a shooter. Reese had 18 and eight. You mentioned Majaskas had 18, Washburn 16. And nine. So let's uh, let's stick with the theme of the London Lions on the road. The third game for them on the road in in a week uh, at in less than a week te- technically. Yeah. Um. At Newcastle in the Trophy, and it finished Eagles seventy, the Lions eighty four. They they started Will so Neighbor. So down. What you're saying is what you're saying is that they went from Aarhus to Aarhus. Indeed, that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, Sorry. Uh, that's awful. I just came to me. Um, yeah, just before you get to it, full disclosure, yeah. um, the Friday night was my 16th wedding anniversary. Okay, um, yeah, which I'm assuming you went to the arena to celebrate. 
I'm assuming you're assuming entirely wrongly. Oh. Um, I did try, um, but you know I could have spent all the money that all the people betting on the under on my marriage. Um, <laughs> um, but there you go. The um, no, so I, I've since Friday night I've watched a lot of basketball, but I didn't watch any of it on Friday night as it was happening. It was a okay. nice restaurant in Jesmond actually. Have you ever been Jesmond? It's okay. Okay. In Newcastle, the only bit. Okay. Uh, so anyway, so yeah, so. You didn't yeah. see it live, but you have seen it since. Is, is the I did do a couple and, of sort and, and happy sort anniversary to you and Mrs. Forrester. Well, I think maybe for me, I'm not sure how happy it was for her. <laughs> um, yeah, I did a couple of surreptitious sneaks to the toilet to check out the scores, but yeah. seeing seven to 31 kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. back in my pocket. Yeah. Anyway, go on. Um, so neighbor started for the line, so that was a pretty big uh starting lineup for them, but but as you say, they started really well. They were 20 25 to four up after uh after six minutes, and uh they they missed their first three of the game and made the next seven. They were eight of ten from three in the in the first quarter, which when I say they started a big lineup seems counterintuitive, but obviously neighbor's a big man, but shoots shoots the three point well and obviously they've got other shooters on the floor as well if you go back you know you go back six weeks or eight weeks to when the, the, the your sky game was on and we're on here talking about that then i'm sure one of the things that raised at that point was that i was very surprised in that game that london didn't go small mm. and what small means is shooter small doesn't sound like will neighbor but small is will neighbor um they, they played basically with the two bigs on court almost the entirety of that game and jordan williams played a lot Kerry Kerry kelly played a lot tawia was in the game Whatever. And the difference with neighbor playing is immense because the space that he creates for everybody else, it gives them a really, really modern NBA-centric four-out-one in offense. Basically, the one, the four-out, that means basically anybody can catch and shoot. And the one in is Kelly, who is basically there to set screens, space the court, roll to the hoop and finish at the rim. And then, um, you know, and, and that is why they were able to generate the looks that they were. But that's also part of that is that Newcastle didn't play any any defense worthy of the name, mm. because even if you look at the first three that they missed, um, Ramon Fletcher is guarding Dirk Williams. Dirk Williams cuts from the top of the key down to the baseline. Ramon Fletcher passes him on, I think, to Defoe. I think because Defoe's playing the four, obviously. So he's kind of got a bit of perimeter stuff going on there because Peel and Defoe are in the game and they're not really sure who each other's guarding. Defoe points him out as, as Dirk trots to the corner and nobody's 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 anywhere near him when Dirk catches the basketball. Dirk, Defoe points to somebody else. They set a little ball screen, a little um, flare screen from Reese delivers Dirk the ball, Dirk misses. Now that was one, that was one better look than Dirk got at any time back in on Wednesday night. Mm. Any point in time, you go back and watch the play, you know, and what just watch what happened, uh, and see who's guarding him. What what what's the plan? You know, because there are two things that when you're guarding that London line, London Lions lineup, starting lineup, you don't allow, and that is, well, the first thing you don't allow is Dirk to get his feet set. Mm. You know, he's, you know, he's, he's shooting, he's too efficient to score. So that was the one that he missed, and then um, after that, I'm afraid Isaiah Reese just picked them apart. Mm. Um, Neighbor made a really tough one with you know Darius coming out at him from about 28 feet. Um, but apart from that, these are standing. Then Newcastle, I think from memory, person went on the, they got a steal, person went on the fast break, missed it. Mm. And then they came back down four on four with person on the floor and his defender on the floor. 
and Washburn just dribbled into a three-point shot with four Newcastle Eagles players standing under the basket and nobody stopping mm. the ball. Mm. And you know, that's trans so the transition D is also therefore pretty horrible. Um, and then it just kind of snowballed from there. Uh, you know, they they um they didn't to be that was shot to have a shot in the fight. You, to try and win the battle, you have to join the battle. Mm. You know, and then they didn't join the battle in the game. Mm. Not, not until, even when they got back into the game a little bit in the second quarter, they did a little bit, but they never joined the battle. They never got anywhere close to disrupting the opposition. And uh, if you let a good shooter shoot, then yeah. um, the shooters are going to make shots. And so, You're in trouble. yeah, they made seven in a row. But you know, every every player who's playing for London is a professional basketball player. And whose job it is primarily is to shoot threes. That team, that's what they do. Yeah. And a, a pro player, if he's unguarded, he's going to make 70% of his threes if he's unguarded. Yeah. And then um, that's what they did. So, I mean, you mentioned the, uh, the the little run in the second quarter. Robinson hit a three uh, at the start of the second quarter, and it was 11 to 39. Eagles then got 21 of the next 23. Defoe had seven, Fletcher had six, Peel four. And they got it down to 32 41 with 420 to go but then Dirk with five points to finish the first half it's it's 15 points at halftime London have scored 50 and you think well there's not really much like yeah yeah no, they, not... they, they can't win like that but you can't look let's be blunt you can't you can't beat London if you give them a 25 point head start yeah after a quarter <laughs> you, know, yeah. you can try you can but yeah you can try and fight the good fight you can do all of that stuff but at that point in time, that team is too comfortable. Now, Newcastle's run in the second quarter was generated from what I could see primarily by the fact that London's bench was in the mm. game. And um, London's bench hasn't really played much. Um, you know, over the past, they've been travelling a bit, but they haven't really played much. And, um, and yeah, they showed a little bit of pride, but you've got 2,500 people in the gym, so you need to be, you can't yeah. be 40 to 11 at home. Yeah. Um, but... Um, yeah, fifty. That little run at the end of the second, the little run at the end of the second quarter. You're right. You probably put the game away, but it's always going to happen. You know, I mean, mm. Newcastle went on a run against London, but London are going to come back again. They're going to give them a run. And you've given them too big a start to get to get going. And then in the third quarter, Eric kind of it was the same. It was yeah. you know. The, yeah. They never, they never got under fourteen in the second half, so it's hard no. to see, hard to see. A and um, you know, you look at the, you look at the game at the end, and I think you look at the numbers, and uh, Fletcher and Defoe have more than half of Newcastle points. Fletcher in, in, nineteen points, eight assists. Defoe seventeen and ten. Um, the the shooting from uh, yeah. uh, Person Johnson and Williams, two of twelve, one of eight, two of eleven, a combined five of thirty one. Yeah, it's unsustainable. And, and you know, the, the, some of them are good looks, but sometimes they're not, not good looks. And it, it, the question is, are they you know, generating enough good looks? My concept. My, I thought person in the first quarter was actually just missing layups, yeah, or yeah, he was getting to the rim and getting blocked. Yeah, but there would be that. You know, it's all right. You know, we always say attack the rim, be strong. But hang on, Kelly Kelly's seven foot tall. You know, yeah, Will yeah. Neighbour is six foot ten. You know, yeah. when Newcastle beat. London eight weeks ago, they beat them on a steady diet of Ramon Fletcher pull-up jump shots. Yeah. Because yeah. they were playing, London were playing drop coverage with a big guy under the basket when he was waiting for you to come in there. Yeah. And I didn't see the kind of the mental acuity or attentiveness to detail um, from those guys. You know, if you're a pro player and you're, you're, and you're shooting two or 12, or you're shooting one of eight, 
then you're probably not getting to your spots. And if you're not getting to your spots, why aren't you getting to your spots? Mm. Is it because of you, the way you're playing, or is it because of what you're running or whatever? You know, if you're getting blocked at the rim, well, that you know, you got to shoot a different shot. You know, West person can shoot floaters, he can shoot jump shots, he can do what he wants. His decision making wasn't great. That's why that's what struck me. Not as finished his decision making. And you know, it's a continuing um issue for them. You know, all these guys, you look at you know, these Newcastle are shooting like 29% from three for the season. Mm. I mean, look at those shooters. Four of twenty-one in this game. Four of twenty-one, so that's even less. So mm. you look at it, you know, you know, last time in the last time in the league, Kyle Williams shot forty-two percent. You know, um, Corey Johnson's probably one of the best shooters in the league, forty percent guy. He comfortably, and um, in person, you know, look at his college career and his numbers and exactly the same. They aren't for whatever reason they're not getting the shots that they need to be getting. Even Fletcher's numbers are way down as well. So without that kind of outside threat, it's difficult to drag yourself back into games, but primarily they have to join the battle in its defence. If I was to say anything, I'd probably say they actually look like a team that likes each other a bit too much. They all, you know, everybody, there's no, you don't see any particular dissent or anger, or you don't, you don't see any flare-ups. You see there's lots of hand, lots of fist tapping and mm. chest bumping, all that stuff. But they lost five games in a row, so you know they need to stop liking each other and start um, and start finding a way of winning games. And if, if things have to be said, then they're going to have to be said. Yeah, Jeff. Jeff, Jeff, uh, Jeff actually asked me, and he, he mentioned it on commentary about Newcastle losing five in a row. That's the mm. second time this year because they obviously lost five in a row in the in mm. the cup, and now they've lost five in a row. The last time before that, they lost five in a row was 20 years ago and they lost 10 in a row in, in, in that one but it yeah. just shows you it's an unusual period the last days of craig lynch yeah. it was yeah craig lynch Denver. yeah 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 um uh dirk williams 18 points neighbor 16 and 7 kyla uh, kelly uh 15 and 10 washburn 14 reese 11 and 15 although he didn't shoot the ball particularly well 14 of 33 uh from three-point range just to show you the difference in the in the percentage, yeah, but the average they, they put 31 up a game, don't they? Red, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so you, you, you know they're going to put 31 up, you got to defend it, yeah, yeah, 93 potential points. So let's move on to the Sky Sports game. Uh, Plymouth City Patriots 82, Surrey Scorchers 73, a first win of the season in the league for the Patriots. Uh, no Teo Ogan Dengby, and I, I was chatting to him before the game, and he 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 said, oh, I haven't missed that many games uh, it, in my career. So it's, it is a bit unusual. And I looked it up. And since 2015, when he when he went back to Surrey, um, he's missed four games out of 232 before that, which is quite an incredible um, level of durability. But he's going to be out for a little bit at the moment. He's got a bit of a hip problem. So they're going to they're trying to work out what to do with it. Never, it never, it never looked like he was out of shape too. To be fair, though, no, no. And he, you know, he's one of the few that isn't disadvantaged by those tight shirts that they wear. <laughs> it's know. true. It is true. Um, yeah, not much in this. Good. Yeah, not much in this. In the beginning, you got Hamrick at one end. You got uh, Antonio Williams uh, at the other end, and they were they were just sort of you know feeling each other out in the opening quarter. Mm, yeah. Well Plymouth have actually now and I'll say this, I was about to say this before what happened tonight. Plymouth have now got a proper BBL team. Mm. Um you know their bench is Kofi Josephs, LBC Dusha and um Graham Rao, Bell. Graham yeah. Bell. And then even Dejala Kundley to come off the bench and give you some minutes at the five if necessary. Now that's your bench, then you're a competitive team, you know, mm. because it means that there are guys who are nearly as good as or or as good as starting for you. 
And um, don't underestimate PJ and PJ's ability to kind of figure out what he's got and how to use it as quickly as possible. Because to be blunt, he hasn't had much mm. um, for the past four months. And um, what he appears to have done is to fill the gaps relatively nicely. I like Williams because um, he appears to be a combo, which is what they need. They need someone who can handle the basketball, who can take a bit of pressure and who can score the ball from the point. But they also need someone who can play next to LVC when LVC comes in. You know, so you need those. That is a bit like McGill last year, you know, when he went from point guard to, to shooting guard. And Williams kind of fits that that bill quite nicely, albeit he is young. And um, and it's interesting he started with Joe Hart instead of Kofi as well. You know, clearly that he likes the continuity and the consistency that Joe gives him and likes Kofi's shooting off the bench. So they are a real, and, and Richard's going to drop 20 on most on most teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, yeah. Which keeps you competitive, particularly the fact that high 50%. For it at a high on. 50%. And, you know, Richard Hassan, throat, you know, scouting report is three words no pain touches. You just mm. don't let him touch it. If he touches a basketball in the paint, there's a, a high percentage chance he's going to score. So it's just no pain to touches. And, um, so they're good. Well, not good, but they, they have the they have they have the ability to be good and, and they have the ability to be competitive and to compete with and most of the teams in this league. And, and and PJ will not throw any games away. In fact, any games away. So they're going to be in most games. Um, sorry, short. They're short. Mm. You know, and we'll get to it in a minute. But they're short primarily at the point guard position. And I actually day in to listen back to this lot with this game to watch back this game with you lot commenting. Yeah, okay. um, I was quite interested to see. You know, yeah, yeah. Repeat what Laska says, no, that crap. Mm. But um, I thought you guys did a really good job of being um, straight but fair in relation to some of their flaws and some of their issues. Um, and Kieran was as well at half time, you know, that their shot selection um, mm. is not great. But I think if you're going to break it down, um, you're right, the game was kind of meandered for about a quarter and a half. Yeah. Um, but the shot selection of the Scorchers was far inferior to the shot selection of the Raiders and yeah. ultimately that's where the game kind of split up yeah Graham Bell then had seven and Williams six in a 13-2 run it went to 43-30 and, and you, it, the funny thing is you mentioned the fact that we were talking uh, about it when we get into a three-way conversation it's usually because what's happening on court is not that, yeah, not not compelling. Not, not yeah, not as necessary to talk about in real time, sort of thing. And and yeah. this actually felt like a twenty five point game. So we spent quite a bit of time talking uh, about all of that. And to be and to be fair, I spoke to Creon before and before the game, and we were talking about all the injuries that they had. And you do feel a bit sorry for them because they haven't gone five on five in practice. So it is tough to put some some things together in all of that. It but, is, but you also it's also tough to put some of that stuff into the personalities of certain players that you've got because you've got players yeah. for a reason. Now you might not have brought a player into when you've signed him to fulfill the role that they now have to fulfill. Yeah. You know, so you may have guys who are that who, who because you're short on bodies are basically square pegs and round holes. Mm. Um so I, I have a little bit of sympathy for it. And obviously, you know, there are there are guys down there. Um but there, you know, if if I said Newcastle seems to be a team that likes each other, I wouldn't say that about Surrey, mm. looking at their body language. You know, there was a lot of, you know, they probably led the league in eye rolls and mm. kind of shoulder shrugs and kind of half looks over the shoulder to a teammate when a teammate's trying to tell them something, which yeah. basically means mm, not really interested, you know, and, and, and that's tough. Now, um, their issue, I think, primarily is point guard because, you know, 
Kaelin is, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a lights out shooter, um, but has played most of his career off football. He wouldn't, he wouldn't say that he's a tremendously creative um, point guard for others because he's small, it's difficult. Mm. Um, Stanley Davis is a guy I can actually see in my mind. I can see the little devil in his head mm. who's saying, go on, shoot this one, shoot this one. Yeah. You made this one, you just made one. You just yeah. made this one. Go on, we'll, shoot a little, we'll make it a little bit harder this time. <laughs> go on, you, you can do it. And, you know, I can see it, and you can see the good, you see the, 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 good, the good devil on the other side as well, kind of talking, you know, talking with him, because you see him make great plays where he attacks the rim, see him be athletic, you see him, you know, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not dissing him on the point and saying he can't play, he certainly can play, but his decision-making is not what you need for, you know, your, your, your main point guard in the mm. team. You know, you consist, that team would kill for uh, Melvisi. Yeah, you know, yeah. as a, as a cool as, as somebody who can you know who can let all the other guys run around and just, just yeah. point, them, point them out where they're going, and um, it, it, you got a great camera replay on the first foul, and it was, it was the first foul on Robertson. Robertson obviously committed four fouls, and three of them were illegal screen. Yeah, but the first one, um, he got he he got the foul, but it was Davis's foul because Davis went on went before Robertson got to the screen. Yeah. And Davis actually attacked as Robertson was going to set the screen. And you see afterwards, you see Robertson looking at Davis saying, wait, wait, yeah. wait yeah, for the yeah. screen. You know, and it's it's on the it's on the on the on the on the replay. And you then have this situation where Robertson commits two more um, offensive fouls where he's kind of setting a, a back screen on the ball on the wing. Um, you know, whereas guys going base, guys going to the sideline where there's no yeah. real attack angle. No. There's no real space. The sideline's another defender. And you're just thinking, what's he setting that screen there for in the first place? Mm. You know, so get, why is he setting to... it at this angle? <laughs> yeah, why is he setting it at this angle like this? You know, like he's like he's chicken away in, yeah. in rock shots in Newcastle. You know, I mean, it's just, just, just nuts. And that was kind of a guy whose head had gone. Yeah. You know, and, and it's difficult because he's under pressure because everybody looks at him and thinks he should be able to do this, that, and the other. Yeah. But he's not getting to play much. And he's, and he's um, also he's also got a knee problem as well. It was obviously yeah. taped up. And, and he's just you, you can see, you know, they they as a team they ooze, they ooze, they drip frustration. Mm. But I've never seen Martel Maclemo, as I say, so many shoulder shrugs, so many eye rolls, so many mm. frustrated looks, and it doesn't help, it doesn't help when you're on TV because we no. get the close-ups. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, and then it became in the second half for them, it became basically a litany of contested jump shots, some of which they made, some of which yeah. they didn't. The game horse at times. Yeah. Um, apart from Hamrick, to be fair, Hamrick was um, excellent. You guys pointed out, um, you know, competitive, attacked, um, made shots. I still don't actually know what his position is, um, but um, you know, kind of played through all that other stuff. But everybody else, you know, it was that point I think when in the fourth quarter where Jameson got a rebound, offensive rebound, four feet from the basket and tried to throw it to somebody else, six feet from the basket and turned mm. it over. Went the other way, and it was just the, the, the oh, it was just so frustrating to watch from Sorry's perspective. I do think there is a team in there. I still think there's a team in there. Um, I don't know if they're ever going to come out. Mm. I don't know if they're going to be able to get out of their own heads to come out. And I don't know if they've got enough depth. Creon can't do anything. He hasn't got the depth to do anything. You know, if you're a coach, PJ can say can sit somebody down and bring on Raul Graham Bell. Mm. Or, or, or Kofi Joseph or LVC to sort the team out. Creon doesn't have that. Mm. Um, and um, 
he has a bunch of guys who basically are individual shot makers um, and nobody to kind of link them together at this point. So I don't know what they do. I don't know how they get better other than trying to establish a little bit of cohesion with each other. And that might be practicing. It might be doing that type of stuff. Um, but it's strange because at the end of last year, you know, they had a great bench. They had, you know, mm. they had Evan Walsh, they had Cameron Hildreth, mm. um, and all those guys coming off the bench. They were, they were ready. And in his teams, Creon's always had a point guard. If you go back to Chavis Holmes and you go back to um, AJ Harrison and those guys, um, even more recently, Quincy Taylor, Tony Hicks, mm. he's always had really solid. No, um, you just sort of went a bit wobbly there, but decision making. I always had decision making point guards was vaguely what I heard through all of that. Yeah, um, that's right. And it, it, it's one of those things where um, it, it felt like a twenty-five point game, and I also got the feeling that if Plymouth had already won a couple of games. It would have been a 25 point game. I think the pressure of of that first win sort of allowed Surrey to almost stay in the game. They 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 got it down to nine with three to play. But uh, yeah, Plymouth... I would agree with that. I think that's right. I think they, they've still got a bit of growing to do in that respect. Um, but but they'll be the they'll be better after this weekend for sure. Um, so uh, Williams with. Um, 25 points, 9 of 13 shooting, uh, 6 rebounds, 4 assists. Hassan had 14. Graham Bell, 13 points off the bench. UBRO, 13 as well. Hamrick, 25. Davis, 22 and 11. Jameson, uh, 10 points and only 14 rebounds, so down on his average. Um, pretty good for anybody else, though. Uh, let's go to Sheffield, where the Sharks were beaten by Cheshire Phoenix, 56-77. Um, Wallace into the starting lineup, Anderson uh, off the bench, uh, not very much off the bench, only 14 minutes, didn't score. Um, Dickerson uh, obviously out after that uh, that injury last week for for Cheshire, and, and Nick's with an 11-4 run um, in the second quarter, which was the first real run of the game, and, and jumped out to a 10-point lead, 21-31. I think you just picked up the two most significant factors in that game. Mm. Um, I'm not sure what's happening at Sheffield now. Sheffield, you know, obviously, you can't, Sheffield kind of sneak past the spiral watch mm. because I was watching Newcastle. Mm-hmm. Um, and now Sheffield are sliding down probably even faster. Um, they've gone from basically being a team which Anderson was brought in to run and did a fairly passable job of doing so for the first mm. couple of months of the year with... Retino and John John Williams and, and those guys um, and, and kind of play in a certain way. Then Glasgow came in and Glasgow started off playing on the bench, playing come off the bench, but he was so effective on the court that they needed to start him after a few games. That then kind of squeezed Williams out. Um, and I think Williams may have been the type of character who was quite keen on being squeezed out. So I don't hold that, I don't say that against. Uh, against the team or anything like that. I think, you know, you've got to do what's right for your team. Um, and then um, they obviously had to replace Williams, so they bring in um, the new fella, his name? Wallace. 
Wallace Williams, Wallace, William Wallace, Wallace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah pretty fast. Um, to bring him in, um, and kind of to my surprise, he came off the bench in the first game. He wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't, you know, he was. You've you've just gone a bit you've just gone a bit wild again there on me. Was he wasn't great, was it? Anderson special first part of the season. He certainly wasn't great. Um Anderson has um come in uh, run to run this team. And um Wallace, who wasn't great in his first game, suddenly in the starting lineup, and Anderson's on the bench. Mm. Um, and Anderson is sitting, must be sitting on the bench thinking, well, you know, what, what's happened? Well, 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 suddenly they brought a guy over my head in, in Glasgow. I thought we were playing all right together, but now, now I'm coming off the bench. And the problem was he only played back up minutes in this game. He didn't combine with the starters at any other point. He played, came in at two minutes to go in the first quarter and played for about four and a half minutes. And then he came in for, you know, the same in the third quarter and played for a little bit. And that's not enough for a guy who's used to running a team to get himself into the rhythm of the game. Um, Wallace, in the meantime, couldn't make a shot. You know, he's a forty-plus percent three-point shooter, so he probably will make shots. But in this game, he couldn't make a single, he couldn't make a shot from anywhere. He couldn't throw in the ocean. And um, obviously, Coke is down as well, so they're down a little bit um, in the front court as well. Which meant at times there were lineups on the court with like Retino playing at the four spot. And, but even then, um, there was limited minutes for for Glasgow and Anderson at the same time. Um, so that is something to watch because it just, you know, just doesn't seem, it doesn't, something, something is going on there because Anderson's done all right the first part of the season. And, you know, you can bring someone off the bench, but you bring them off, you can bring them off the bench to play starters minutes. You know, if you're a six man, you play starters minutes. That, you can sell that to a player. It's harder to do that if he's only playing 10 minutes in the game or 12 minutes in the game. Um, and you don't get the productivity. Cheshire, the other way around. Um, suddenly, all the, the clutter they had has disappeared. Mm. And it's disappeared in probably the best way for them because um, McSwiggan's obviously gone off to, to be something else mm. um, or to take a break from the game, which has meant that minutes have opened up for Carey, which weren't there. And now Dickerson, who I think, I mean, I don't think as a player he's been a problem, but as a component of a unit on the court, I don't think he's helped them because I think he's killed their spacing with Ocherobia. I think it's very difficult mm. to play him and Ocherobia at the same time. Um, he's down, and I think that is actually that actually assisted them in this game. It gives it gives them the, the same kind of London thing, the four out one in. It lets Ocherobia attack the rim, um, get to the front of the rim regularly without anybody else around him, and it gives driving lanes and shooting lanes for all the other guys. Mm. Um, so yeah, um, I watched this game back. It was a little bit difficult to watch in the first half, to be honest. The camera doesn't help because every time there's a half there's a half decent transition play, you don't see it. Mm. Um, but beyond that, um, it was a bit slow, um, yeah. and, and you know, and there was um, two teams. We were waiting for a team to take control of the game, but Cheshire's spacing was better because the Bradley Otsarubia combination is the one that fits the best. Mm. Out of all the players that they've got, it's the it's just, it's, just, it's the stretch four and the big five. And having Ocherobia in the game is perfect for um, Austin because Austin is a guy who gets his head down and is never going to be stopped, never going to be guarded by the guy in front of him. He's always going to be guarded by the second guy. Yeah, you know, it's always going to be the second guy who has to come across for Austin because he's going to get get to the rim in some way or the form. And the problem is, as soon as that second guy goes, Mike Ocherobia 
is under the rim. Mm. And all Larry Austin has to do is to get the ball up on the rim and it's a tap in or a layup or whatever for Ochorubia. So that kind of uh, I, I, that kind of spacing and the system that they have, I think it really operates um, and works well for them. And as it showed in kind of the third quarter of this game. Yeah. Well, um, Sheffield have got it back to one uh, off threes from Nichols and Rotino, and then they had a 10-2 run to go out to 41-50 with 12 minutes to play. And then Nick started the fourth quarter with the first eight points. Austin very aggressive in that in that spell. And and suddenly it's 43 to 60 and 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 game over basically. Um here's the one stat I wanted to uh, share with you that I looked up from from this game up to and including the quarterfinal game that Glasgow hit the the winner against Manchester. They were averaging 81 points per game, uh, Sheffield. They were six and four through those uh, 10 games. Since then, they are averaging 68 points a game, and they are three and six. And the three are two against Plymouth, obviously, when they were shorthanded than they are now. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I hesitate to say it, but also Newcastle as well. Newcastle, yeah. Um, yeah, and even that game going back a while. Mm. That is a long time. Actually, that game is going back quite a while. Yeah. Um, well, the, the points, you know, they were getting a lot of people getting points out of Williams. In games that they won, they were getting points out of Williams. Um, and they were also getting a little bit out of Christophis off the bench. And obviously, mm. he left because Glasgow came in as a, their, their setting point guard. This game, I mean, if Rodney Glasgow actually hadn't stepped up and made some jump shots in this game, I'm not sure if Sheffield would have got to 50. Mm. Because, you know, the, their best offense was basically him shooting the ball off one dribble. Um, Kipper Nichols made a few Kipper Nichols, but apart from that, you know, nothing much there. And you're going to need to get something out of Wallace big time. Um, you know, if you're going to, if you put, put him in the starting line in the second game, that means he can play. Um, or it means you've seen something in practice which says, okay, this is a guy that we're going to roll with. Um, so you know, that wing scorer they need because Bertino's playing a lot of minutes. And he's worn down a little bit, I think. Mm. And their big guy, you know, you've got Del Pesh now, but they haven't got Coke, and, and he often gives them a little bit of a boost as well. Um, no, but they're in spiral watching, yeah, absolutely. Mm. They they got a, there is no there are no easy wins. Even mm. sorry, not there are no easy wins. And if a team is not the way it needs to be and hasn't figured itself out by now, most weeks it's going to be coming up against a team who has. Mm. That's the problem. And Cheshire by Maybe by subtraction, maybe by hook or by crook, by luck, whatever. They are now a unit. And Kyle Carey in this game, by the way, was, was, was superb. Mm. And he hasn't played much to come off the bat. And it wasn't just that he made some shots. He, scored, he, scored, he didn't, probably didn't score that many points. But his energy, his defence, his, um, his intangibles, everything. I've, I watched, The one thing watching the game that struck me was how good he, how good he was in this game. So uh, Glasgow led the Sharks with 17 and five. They only had two other players in double figures, 12 and 11 for Rutino and uh, Nichols, 12 and 12 for Rutino. Uh, Bradley had 19 and nine, uh, Wright 15, Austin 12 and six, Archerobia 11 and 12. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, sorry. And, and look, whoever's playing the soundtrack, Sheffield, you know, the, all the party tracks in the first quarter that were going as the game was going on. No, sorry. No, not, not for me. Not for the purest. <laughs> it's a no Sorry. from Dave. It's a no from Dave. You know, here rock and roll came out. I mean, gee, I mean, that's a, that reminds me of the horror. 
probably is in Newcastle. Well, we've lo uh, you've gone you've gone roboty on me again there, and all I heard was horrible days. Let's move on to the uh, to the other game while hopefully you come back into sync, which was down in Bristol. Yeah, uh, down in Bristol. Bristol Flyers sixty four, Leicester Riders ninety two. I believe you called this one uh, mm. last week, Dave. And um, mm. no Evans. Uh, so uh, Antoine Johnson in the starting lineup for the Flyers. Um, and I must confess, I said to the, I said to Roe on uh, Friday that Bristol needs to be ready because I think Leicester are going to come out and punch him in the mouth in the first quarter. I went for twenty eight points. And when I looked, they had 27 points in in eight minutes or something. So I was feeling good, but they actually only ended up with um, with 27 in the quarter. So I was just shy. But but it was Whelan really that got them going. They were 12-7 down after four minutes, Leicester, and then Whelan with a couple of and ones, Jackson three, Leicester go 13-0 uh, and into the lead. I actually thought it was the coach that got them going. Okay. Because if you watch, if you did a, a split screen on. Pablo was probably the same. Pablo Vasquez, Rob's assistant, probably the same every week. If you did a split screen on, on how um, vocal and how involved and how much on his feet and you know how much he was how much playing every play that Rob was compared to where he was last week, where he spent a lot of time sitting down. Um, I thought that he lit a fire. He he deliberately lit a fire under his team. But you can't just light the fire under your team. You have to be out there fighting the battle with them. And if you watch the game back, you will see. You know, he it's different. He's it's a totally different um, coaching persona that he adopted in this game. Even with the refs and with everything, he's, he's you know within thirty seconds he's arguing a call. You know, and um, that is a message to your team. You know, the, 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 you know, coaches don't do things for no reason. You know, that is a message to your team, which is, I'm up for this, or you guys up for this. And um, it's always, you know, it's, you know, it's, it, I've been there. I know when you, you're at the top and teams, it, it kind of grades that when, when it, it graded with Flanoy horrendously, that when a team beat you, they celebrated like they won the league. Mm. Now, it's not to say they're not entitled to celebrate. Of course they are entitled to celebrate. It, it, it's actually the greatest compliment a team can yeah. pay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But to a competitor, you know, to a competitor, they, they don't necessarily, you know, it's like, they won, they won, they won. Look at all this stuff, man. Yeah. We've been doing this for 10 years. They win a game and they're, they're running around the gym, you know? Yeah. And, you know, so, so having this game the next week was a nightmare for Bristol. Mm. Absolute nightmare for Bristol, and beyond that, you know, because hopefully, you know, that the pain can dull after a while. Mm. Not, not it never goes away, but it can dull. And beyond that, losing their point guard was a double nightmare mm. because putting in a guy who's played two games, who's on a month contract, to run the point against Crandall and a motivated Leicester team, mm. um, and expecting it just to kind of work, um, just not going to happen. So the only way, the only way Bristol can beat Leicester is to hold the game below kind of low sixties, um, late sixties, early seventies. Anything more than that, Leicester are going to win, particularly without their two main guards, Miller and um, Evans. And um, Bristol just couldn't do that. Um, they, their def their word is on point defensively, um, because obviously, as whilst Leicester are more wound up, Bristol are also a little bit more relaxed, just a little bit because you've beaten them. So you think you're, you, 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 so you're not quite 
same with that same immediate urgency. So the, the double teams on Walker were, were slow in this game or didn't or came at the wrong point or came. You've got to double them after he dribbles, not before he dribbles. You don't know. And you've got to get them crowded. And then their, um, their offense was okay. And actually, they, they, they played hard. Don't get me wrong. And actually, I think they got back in the game in the third quarter. And you know, you'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but defensively, um, they, they weren't where they needed to be. And yeah, Patrick Whelan is a, needs to be talked about because he's putting himself very close to the GB team at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Given the, given, given the um, paucity of um, options, that's given the spot, that's probably the spot where we are at our most, not vulnerable, but where we have the most limited options. Mm-hmm. And the way he is playing at the moment um, is, is, I think, must be putting him very close to Mark Stewart's thoughts. Well, he had five in an 8-2 finish to give Leicester a 13-point lead. He was seven of seven. Uh, in the first half, uh, shooting. Um, Flyers had a 13-2 run early in the third quarter, but Loving pushed it back out to nine, and then the decisive bit came around the final break for Leicester, where they got 13 points in a row and were 20 yeah. points up well, with eight to play. Yeah, I mean, two things. One with Whelan is he's one of those guys who just, his shot just looks like it's going in. Yeah. You know, it just looks like it's going in. His feet are set. His, his, his form is absolutely grooved. You know, in every shot is basically the same shot. So, you know, whether he, he's got the size or the athleticism to play the three at, at you know kind of the higher level, I'm not sure. Um, but um, you know, he, he just he is perfect for them at the moment. It was actually a play because yeah, that, Bristol made some shots and they got back in the game, and and Rob was getting ever more animated, so it was quite entertaining. Um, and um, there was actually a play. It was a play that Crandall made. Um, you know, which really the kind of little plays which separate teams, and he got himself an, an offensive rebound out of nowhere and was kind of trapped towards the corner. And he threw it all the way across court to Loving in the other corner. Loving knocked down the three. Loving hadn't made a shot up to that point, but Crandall got an offensive rebound, made a play, found his shooter. Suddenly, next time down, Loving makes another one. Game done because Bristol, just like last week, you know, the moment that Leicester got ahead, he couldn't see Bristol winning. They never got yeah. ahead. Once, once they get up nine or ten, Bristol just didn't have the offense. You know, they're playing guys who, you know, who've only been there short periods of time, um, inexperienced. Notice is playing. Um, Josh Rogers hasn't scored very scored the ball much recently. Um, Samuels is having to play a lot more. They've got a point guard who's his numbers were all right, but you know, he's he's no, nowhere near up to speed with what they need to do to beat the team, motivated best team in the league, and. Um, yeah, the game kind of went away, went away from um, Bristol from then on. Johnson had 17 points, but was a minus 29 in 31 minutes, um, just to the point you made a little earlier. Um, no, 28-point game, though, so. Yeah. The, um, the, the, the Delpesh, uh, 16, Jacob, uh, 13, 2 of 11 shooting. They were 22 of 70 uh, shooting as a team. Whelan finished with 25 points, 8 of 10 shooting. Um, Loving, uh, 13 and 6. Mackenzie, 13 off the bench. Crandall, 6, 9 and 12. Um, I haven't done a klaxon for a little while. This was the mm-hmm. this was the one that I picked up on because I watched this game back on Synergy. So I just went and had a look at the box stats that they put on there and then compared it to last week. And mm-hmm. interestingly, the possessions were almost identical. Leicester had three more possessions this week than they did last week. So Bristol had 91 possessions and Leicester had 86 this week, 83 last week. 
the points per possession, Bristol were very slightly down, 0.78, down mm. to 0.70. Leicester went from 0.82 to 1.07. So that's a quarter of a point every time they got the ball better off this time around. Leicester. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and that's the only way Bristol could beat them last week, holding mm. them to that type of number. Because to be fair, Bristol are a good defensive team. Mm. But they, too many things against them in this game. Mm. Too many things against him in this game, as I say. But yeah, go back and just watch, watch, watch your man, Pat Ostro on the sideline. Mm. Um, our man, Matt, whatever, who's ever man here. I'm sure uh, he on the sideline in this game because yeah. he, he, the, you know, the problem is when, you, when you're watching the Leicester home games, the camera's across the court. Mm. So you don't see, you're miles away, the camera's miles mm. away. So he's kind of just kind of a, a kind of a, a little kind of mushy type of silhouette mm. but in the Bristol the court the camera is right behind the coach yeah, and everything yeah, yeah. that's going on you see every time Andreas turns around to the yeah, bench yeah. or he's challenging a shot <laughs> you see it all and uh, I thought you know I thought it was really you know, it was really an example of lighting a fire under your, under your team and saying um, this isn't happening again yeah let's move on to today's game uh, Manchester Giants 77 Plymouth City Patriots 84 really good weekend for the Patriots technically four games in a row if you want to count the uh, Bristol friendly as well that they've no. that they've won um, nothing really three in a row if you don't two in a row if you don't want to uh, count the trophy the Welsh game, game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, it's, but they're all on the board that's the important that's thing that's true um, Nothing really in the first quarter. I think the most significant play of the first quarter was the last, where you couldn't quite see it on the uh, camera, but I'm, I'm sure it was Kofi shooting. He went to the free throw line, so uh, he got a four-point play. It, it gave them the lead, but it also it, it gave I'm Kofi going. that yeah that I'm thing going. yeah because yeah, up until this point this weekend I think he had six air balls. Mm. Um, if you count the Friday night game as well. Mm. Yeah, I mean, firstly, you almost questioned me last last week when I said Manchester wouldn't win the league. You know, I mean, how weird. Uh, I was just uh, on behalf of Giants fans out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, well, this is part of the reason because you know they're a young team and they got you know the the, the grind of a, of getting up for every game and not having that target on your back is is not quite where they're at yet. Um, yeah, I mean, it's as I say, I, I like PJ's move. I like I like the bench that he's bringing on. Um, they kind of play through Williams and Hassan early, and they've got Ubiaro's energy and hard steadiness, uh, and um, you know they're trying to get the ball and Hassan to score the ball, and um, then they, they they kind of bring in um, bring in the guys who are the other veterans in the league and Dusher and and, um, and and Graham Bell's energy as well. So yeah, and, and Manchester weren't really there. They made a few shots, but they missed a few shots. Um, Dan Clark didn't get going early. You know, Lloyd's is having to try to kind of integrate David Ull back in, but he doesn't really quite fit what they've been doing for the, the season because they've been playing five out most of the season. Mm-hmm. And David Ull is kind of, a, you know, he's a roller and a, and a rebounder. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not going to be easy. And he hasn't got much time because he's got a cup final coming, so he's going to have to decide whether or not, you know, Ulf's going to be playing in that cup final. And these are the decisions you have to, when you get into cup finals. So Dave, you dropped out. You've come back now. You were about to tell us yeah. about Manchester and the things they've got to think about in the uh, in the cup final. Yeah, because the cup final weighs on you. It's a big game, and particularly when you're playing against a team that you haven't played against. And you've got to try and deal with the present and deal with the future. So 
Lloyd's having to deal with David Oak and whether how he fits him back into the system because he's got a lot of players. Um, he's also having to deal with the question as to does he need another guard? If he gets another guard, what kind of guard is it? Um, how is he going to fit him because he haven't got many games to go because McKnight's gone. And you've got to try and keep winning in the meantime. And, and against that, you come up against the Plymouth team who's on the rise. Mm. And there are times in the BBL season, in the cycle of a BBL season, where a team's on the rise or a team's on the fall. Um, and it's only the very, very best teams that are kind of constantly at, the, at that level point. So, you know, playing Plymouth now, as opposed to playing Plymouth a month ago, is, is a totally different proposition. Yeah, yeah. The schedule really makes a difference. And um, then on top of that, um, you, you have the kind of the propitious nature of shot makers and you have Kofi, yeah. um, who in the second second quarter just went off. He just um, went mad. He, he fired them to a 17-3 start to the quarter. Um, so they were 15 up. And then they got another nine in a row and it's 28 to 50. And, and that's the sort of lead that you think, oh, even if they have a wobble here, they've got some comfort room. Yeah, I mean, they always have, they have, they've talked all season, they had a problem of scoring. Well, Hassan is probably the most reliable scorer in the entire league. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, certainly in, you know, probably the first 37 minutes of games, I would yeah. suggest. Um, so he's going to get he's going to get his, he's going to be effective in what he does. Um, you then add the fact that you've got a point guard who's an athlete, athlete who's able to get to the rim in Williams. Yeah. And you've got a wing shooter in, in Josephs. You know that's that's you have three guys who can put up eighty in a game, mm. um, and that means that what you then need to be is to be solid defensively. And to be fair, they've been solid defensively all year. Yeah, time the transition's not been great, but they've been solid. That's that's predicated on their bad offense. Mm. Um, so they've been solid defensively all year. So it doesn't take much for that for that to happen. And um, you know, Raul Graham Bell has has helped them. You know, he does he's. Different guy to the guy I saw at Leeds when he was literally jumping 12 feet above the rim and dunking everything. Um, but he, he's learned how to play. You know, he's a different body type now, but he's learned how to play. And he's learned how to make send, you know, important winning plays. So you add all that together, you had a smart coach in there and they're not an automatic win for anybody. And Manchester found that out tonight before, mm. before they probably believed it. Yeah. Um, and as you say, a 22-point lead. And then in the second half, Manchester did pick up the defence a little bit, particularly yeah. in the fourth quarter, but then obviously knocked down some shots. Yeah, I thought in the third quarter, they, they looked like they were going to make a run and then Hassan just kept the scoreboard ticking over. Yeah. And then in the fourth quarter, when when it was real, there was two real pressure moments where the, the building was up. It felt mm. like Plymouth were just struggling a little bit, couldn't get to the line quick enough. And Dusha hit a three both times. Yeah, for, for, again, for those who are interested in coach watching, go to the BBL player at about the five-minute mark and um, watch PJ's face when, um, the, on two occasions, um, they totally blow the coverage on Dan Clark. And I think it was probably Hassan, because it was Hassan that he pulled over afterwards um, while I was giving him the, you know, the, the double T part, the whatever, what's going on. You know, we're by 14 and we're standing there and we're, we're being attracted to Armstrong so you can throw the ball to Dan Clark for a three. And just have a look at PJ's face. It's it's fantastic. I loved it. I really did. But it's, 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 it's kind of the thing, you know, if you're when you're a fan and you, and you look at it and you're watching a game, that ball goes in and you look at the guy who shoots it and you look at the... the, the yeah, when you've been on a bench, you just you just look at the coach and think, oh, he's not going to take that well, you know. <laughs> oh, what's he going to say to him? Oh, everything becomes everything becomes a mistake, you know. Um, and Dan Clark made two threes, he got them down to eight, and that was the point. 
And what they did was, I think LVC, he threw, Dusha, he threw it into um, Hassan twice and they doubled too quickly on Hassan. And um, they threw, and second time he threw it back to LVC, and LVC shot off the catch, you know? Yeah. And um, you have to be, see, Hassan's actually not a guy in the fourth quarter you want to double if he gets the ball in the low block or outside of the paint. You, you want to make him probably go baseline, send some bodies then. Um, but they doubled him because he'd beaten them all game. Mm. So they decided they had to double them and they doubled off the ball and they, and they beat them. And mm. the only thing after that, which is interesting in the game, was a, a bizarre unsportsmanlike foul at the end, which I um, I don't know what Paul Walton saw, but I don't think it was on the camera because I, I don't know if you saw it. You no, I didn't see, it. didn't see it. Well, it got to seven point, it was a seven point game and Williams is dribbling the ball down the wing and Hudson yeah. is doing his very, without 30 seconds to go. And Hudson is doing his very best to foul him. Um, probably twice, and then the third time, almost like Jack Hudson kind of put it as he's turning the corner on the base thing. Kind of, he's trying to foul him to stop the clock, puts his shoulder into him, and and, and Paul Walton's on the base thing, called him sports night foul, and to everybody's astonishment, he called it on Williams. So I don't know yeah. what he saw, but I saw yeah. it on Hudson. Anyway, I'm sure we'll get an explanation through. Yeah. And the, and there was a little something at the end as well because those two were chatting away with on that last inbound with two seconds to go, and then after the buzzer, there was a bit of a yeah coming come yeah together. you know there's. Yeah, it was it was all a bit weird. Yeah. Um, Be worth seeing. Then I don't know when they next play, but whether any of that carries over or not. But anyway, mm. um, Clark with uh, fifteen points, Whelan with twelve, Hassan with twenty-three points, ten of fourteen uh, shooting. Kofi had twenty, all of them in the first half. Williams twelve and nine assists. Um, let's... Good job. Sorry, oh. good job again. You look at an experienced coach. Um, Kofi had 20, but with five minutes to go in the game, he shot a couple of yeah. air balls, a couple of bad yeah. shots. He wasn't in rhythm. PJ pulled him out. Yeah, you know, it'd be easy to ride the guy and keep him playing, yeah, yeah, play yeah, through yeah. that. Uh, and PJ is not doing that. PJ knows what he's got with Kofi. He has to ride him when he's hot. And if he's not going to take the right shots, then PJ is going to put somebody in who's going to make the right play. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was really smart coaching as well. It was, yes. Uh, final game of the weekend was in Cheshire, and it finished Phoenix 107. Glasgow, 87. No Ali Fraser for the Rocks. Dickerson, obviously, uh, still out. Um, Knicks with the first uh, eight points. Rocks came back with 13 twos. Just a ton of threes in this, in this yeah, game, yeah. particularly for the Knicks. They made five in a in a 21-2 run. Yeah, and it's just two teams who are literally, like, unclogged. You know, there, there, isn't, there are no ball stoppers on the team. There are no um, guys who are taking up the space in the middle apart from the ones who are meant to. So it was basically um, two mirror image teams, but um, Cheshire had more bodies, mm. a little bit more rhythm. And the first three words that you said, they were the most important, no Ali Fraser, mm. who's averaging the best part of 20 a game. Mm. You know, to the point where by Boban Jack Domney's been playing three minutes a game, and now suddenly he's he's starting the game and he's expected to to kind of beat Ali Fraser. Mm. Now, when you throw in the fact on top of that that they haven't got that they're down in American after Tyrell Green got hurt, so he's not there, so it's the, the, not near as the full team. Uh, Johnny Bunyan was very gingerly running laps of the arena. It looked like oh, certainly half laps of the of the court before the game, which made me think that he um, he isn't in best health either. Mm. Um, and they just looked a little bit beaten up and even John Johnson looked a bit beaten up in the way that he played the game but um, Cheshire are the opposite you know they, they, they are um, 
they're back to bringing Austin off the bench, which I like because I think it is, you know, I think to, to be a great team or, or a very good team, you have to have a great six man. And you have to have a six man who can change the game, who can impact the game, who can score, who can you can give the basketball to, who can take over in, in whatever way he does. Um Ocarina 4 is shooting the ball. Ocarina 4 is um it's crazy to say this because he's come he's come out of a, a high-level college program. He's played in Greece, A1, he's played in other, I think other leagues as well, other decent leagues in Europe. Yeah, actually coming to the BBL has actually unlocked him. Mm. He's unlocked his skill set. Um he's now you know, the couple of times, the first couple of, he's now, as soon as somebody goes under a screen, he's, he's taking the dribble and he's shooting it. And he looks like he's expecting to make it. He, he doesn't have the, the um, any qualms about shooting the basketball. And um, that makes him so much more a better player. I say, so I say it's unlocked his talent. I'm not saying he wasn't talented. I'm saying he's playing better. It's just a, he's a different type of point guard. And he's showing himself up to be, a, you know, a more impactful type of point guard. Not just having to throw the ball at guys who make plays, and um, obviously Mockford up and down, but when he was on today, you know, <laughs> coming off curls and making shots. Mm. In Glasgow, they kind of had enough bodies to play offense, but they didn't really have enough bodies to play defense. Mm. I thought I didn't think they made a tremendous. They're not. They don't have much rim protection anyway. Um, but, you know, one point in the second quarter, Murray Hendry, who was the, you know the last guy off the bench, and really is playing center, mm. he's playing the five spot. Um, which, you know, Gareth got a couple of early fouls as well, and what and and um, they kind of stayed in it because they made some shots. Hillsman, Hillsman, Hillsman made Hillsman, five threes, five threes in a row. Yeah, yeah. I think after the third one, again, unfortunately, we don't see the, the the next camera. You don't see the coaches as much on the cameras. But after the third one, I was wanting a fix. I was, I was wanting the place to be close yeah, up on yeah, Ben Thomas' yeah, face. Yeah. After the fifth one, I think yeah, I'd like to see a close up of his clipboard being thrown on the floor. Mm. Um, you know, because the guy can shoot, you know, and, and he was shooting shots which were rhythm shots. You know, he can't shoot a set shot. He doesn't shoot a jump shot. So it should be it should be possible to run him off. So yeah, he made some shots and he kept them in it. But you always got that impression it was going to be a scoring race and, you know, team gets 95 at home. You know yeah. the rules. Well, they, the Rocks got the last seven points of the first half, so they were only six down at halftime. But then uh, Neymar Wright had seven as the Knicks hit the first 16 points of the third quarter to lead 73-51, and that was the ball game there. Well, yeah, you know, it brings, um, you know, it, it, it just fits because you have Bradley, who's your kind of your stretch for, you have Ocherovia, who is your, 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 your centre plugger, and your, as I've talked about already, your your rebounder and your finisher at the rim, and he's very reliable. You know exactly where he's going to be, and he's actually better. He's, he's probably playing the best he's ever played um, in relation to his his health, his athleticism, his hands, which were all knocks on him. You know whether he was mm. uh, his lack of turnovers. So he's playing great. But then you have you have Austin. So all the spacing is right. They've got the they've got the guard handling the ball. They've got Mockford and Wright attacking. They've got Bradley stretching the floor, and you've got the big guy cleaning up in the middle. But then you have Austin. Austin is like Austin reminds me of Gores. We had Paul Gores. Mm, yeah. You know, we had Paul Gores and Paul was the sixth man. You know, you wonder why what he did, he did what he was going to do in 25 minutes. He didn't need mm. him for 40 minutes. He would, you know, when the game came, when he became he was in the game, the game became goal centric because he was so yeah. impactful in that time. And um Austin reminds me of him, his ability to, to get in the passing lanes, to get steals. And if he gets a steal, you know, it's a layup at the other end to get to the rim. And he's got 
Otsarubia there, who's, you know, as they're finishing everything else off, it means that offensively they become very, very important. And when you add in, you know, Carey's athleticism in transition as well, you know, that's a pretty strong seven-man um, rotation. Mm. And that's, at this point in the season, you know, a good seven beats a, an average nine. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, if you've got that good, and that's where they're at today. And in Glasgow, we're just, I think Glasgow are similar to that, fully formed, because that's the way they were built, but they're not fully formed. No, and they, yeah, uh, they might be less fully formed with the injury to Hillsman in the, in the yeah, second half. Back, I think he came back, he on. came back in and then went, it, he go off again. Yeah, it didn't look great, it looked like a groin, no, didn't it? Groin, um, yeah, it looked like yeah. a groin, and um, that's not great. And on top of that, we have to also bear in mind with Glasgow, I've no idea what their practice situation is with the whole COVID yeah, thing in Scotland because you know, obviously, the Scots are a little bit less laissez faire, mm. um, not throwing as many parties as, <laughs> as we are. No, um, um right, uh, uh, name on right with 22 points, eight rebounds, five assists, four blocks. Um, yeah. Teddy had 18 and seven, Mockford 17 and five. They had seven guys with 10 or more points, and they were 11 of 24 from three. They missed a few. And to be honest, right, missed a few that he would otherwise get back yeah. in the third quarter. And, you know, I think I said a few weeks ago again, um, you know, they need to find a way of unlocking right. Mm. That was, that's a big thing. And if, if they're able to do that, then there isn't kind of a minutes choke with all the other guys, and they're all in a natural rhythm and they're all playing the natural minutes. Mm. Um, and they, you know, this year is going to be if Dickerson comes back, because mm. Dickerson comes back, you get something, but you also lose stuff. Mm. And how do you balance what you're losing with what you're getting? Um, what minutes does he play? Does he play instead of Otsarobia? Does he play with Otsarobia? You know, that's a that's going to be a bit of a puzzle for the coach. Uh, Hillsman was six of six for three yeah. uh, for <laughs> 21 points before his injury. Harris 20, Jack Domney 19 and 10. Um, yeah. He, he, he can play. He, yeah, no yeah, question. Yeah. he can play. He's solid. He's got a nice touch inside. I think he wears down a little bit. Mm. Um, but then again, they're not expecting him to play 40. Um, and he's, he's, he, didn't, he only got, didn't get any really daft fouls in this game. So there's definitely something there. But it's all a bit weird when someone's playing four minutes one week and, you know, and having to play the full game the next. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, a quick look at the table before we leave. And, and it is super weird in the fact that the team that we would both think are nominally in second place or in eighth place, but eighth we'll, place. We'll, we'll go through it anyway. Two teams that can win the league are currently in first and eighth. Yeah, great, yeah. isn't it? BBL, so, love it. Jeez. Leicester, uh, Leicester, and 9-0, which is uh, their equals their best uh, start to a league campaign. Uh, Giants are in second on seven and four. Sharks, five and four in third. Phoenix, five and seven in fourth. Bristol four and three, Glasgow four and four, Newcastle four and six, London three and two, and then outside the playoffs, Plymouth off the bottom now with two wins and eight defeats, and Surrey last with one and six. So it feels like there's sort of where London will catch back up with Leicester, and it, they'll be sort of first and second. But then there's a morass of Manchester, Sheffield, Bristol, Glasgow. Uh, all on and and uh, well, all on uh, four losses yeah. is what I was going to say. Three or four losses, um, but 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 some of them with some question marks and some of them not. Yeah, well, there's some. Um, there's a point. There was a point in the um, in the league table whereby you don't look at losses. I look at look at wins instead of losses, mm. 
and every year it's a different kind of point. It might be, might be the top three, it might be the top six or whatever, um, because loss, because for teams towards the kind of the middle end or the bottom end, the wins are actually more important than the losses mm. because you may not need to win more than you lose to get into the playoffs. Yeah. Um, um, at the moment, the only two teams I'm looking at losses are Leicester and Leicester and London. Yeah. Everybody else, you know, I think every win that you get is going to be clawed for, is going to get you up there. And, and, and um, maybe it would have been Manchester as well until tonight. Yeah. But, you know, I'm looking at if you've got four wins or you've got, if you've got seven wins and then you're doing okay. Best has five. Yeah, next best has five. So, it, you know, that's kind of the, as you say, the morass of, of teams. I mean, uh, it might make for interesting basketball, but then again, you know, there's not much jeopardy. Um, and there's not that much difference finishing, you know, um, third or finishing sixth um, in the format of the playoffs, which has always been a bugbear of mine. I've tried to get it changed multiple times. Um, that we don't have, you know, playoffs which reward the league positioning a little bit more than they do. Um, so I think it makes it more interesting and, and more and more exciting towards the end of the season if you've got a tangible reward. Um, but they don't, so there we go. There's a lot of there's a lot of each club at this point in time is kind of entwined in their own storyline. Mm. You know, and that's that's a really big thing. So you could go all the way down the league, you go with Leicester, obviously now they're utterly focused on the league because they're out of the trophy. They've got the mm. cup final, I get that, but they've been to enough cup finals to know what that's about. So it's not like yeah. Manchester. Um, and after that, it's just, you know, there's league, league, league because the trophy's gone. Um, you've got London who've got the European thing and also they've got the trophy now to, to focus on as well. They've got to play a ton of games, basically. That's mm. what they're focused on. Um, Manchester, who, who are just basically cup, cup final orientated at this point, they have to be. Sheffield, who are fighting a spiral. Cheshire, who are on the way up, but they've got to re reintegrate other players. Um, Sheffield, um, Newcastle, who are obviously on a massive spiral and they've got to work out what they're going to do. Um, Plymouth on the way up. Bristol. Bristol need to be healthy, fighting for health. You know, you know how quickly are they going to get healthy? Which way are they going to go? They're on the, they're a team that's on the cusp. You know, what is their identity? Is it going to be that defensive team? Can they get enough healthy bodies on the court to be that defensive team? And um, sorry, can they find a way of getting some cohesion? Thank you to everybody. I'm not sure you mentioned Glasgow, did you? Glasgow, Glasgow just need to get some bodies. You know, yeah. Glasgow, as I say, Glasgow is a difficult one because they haven't played many games recently. They're in COVID in Scotland. They've, they've missed Ali Fraser at the day. They're missing a, a, another big, another US guy. Um, I just think that they're kind of, you know, if anyone's going to make adjustments or allowances for anybody, you're going to make it for Glasgow. Three and out at home, one and four away. That's all I'll say. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then the one and four, I, I, Get into your points difference thing with that. I don't think the one and four would be pleasant. No, no, I don't I think it'd be it would. quite a significant um, yeah. negative, unfortunately. Aye. So yeah. Well, we we don't like to wrap up on a negative, but I think uh, I think uh, I think we ought to before the gremlins come back and and bite us again. Yeah. Apologies. I think it's my fault. But there you go. Well, it's the anniversary um, weekend. It's the anniversary we weekend. Fighting yeah, back yeah, at yeah, me. Yeah. That's it. You <laughs> would do this on your anniversary weekend. You will. You. The internet will not play its part. Yeah. Indeed. So, uh, Dave and I will leave you there. Have a great week, and we will be back next Sunday night to do it all over again. But for now, goodbye. Bye.